Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Good morning, folks. Lord bless you. I pray that you had a wonderful day. I pray you had a wonderful weekend. And I pray the power of God will direct you from this day forward and you would be ready for action in your life. I'm closing out my um, Imagine series today and tomorrow, and then we're going to move on into the Apostle Paul. You'll hear that off and on as I can produce those. You will hear them. But I'm excited to be able to share. God really worked this month at the church. God is opening up doors. In the last 30 or 40 days, I think we've baptized uh, close to 20 people. God is working. He wants to continue to work. And if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, I pray that today you will believe in him, that you'll trust in him. You'll say, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to be about your business. Our Heavenly Father, open our hearts, open our minds to your truth. Lead us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've been talking about imagining what God can do in our lives. Now, that statement says it all. Imagining what God can do in our lives. He wants to do things in our lives, but we have to let him. And folks, that is a key portion of what we're about. We have to let him. We have to allow him to lead us. He gives us a choice. You know, we need to be ready for action. The important point here is not just to imagine to be ready for action, but to put our faith and our belief in God in action and not just talk about it. They're so easy to talk about things. We can talk about anything. But there are some very sobering statistics that I've shared with you over this last month about what's going on in America and how churches and attendance is going downhill and far less people are going to church than they used to. We need to start building the kingdom of God. We need to start bringing people to Jesus and teaching them the importance of being in a fellowship somewhere. As I often say to you, is it being a fellowship, a Bible-believing fellowship somewhere that the word of God is taught and lived out and that you can have a group of people around you who will love you and encourage you through times of trouble? You know, the Lord loves you. And he has such a great plan for your life, but he wants you to get serious about your walk with him. Somehow, some way, we have to turn it around. We have to allow the Spirit of God to move in our life and allow the Holy Spirit to light a fire underneath us. A wonderful movie that we watched a couple years ago at our church is called War Room. If you haven't rented it or you haven't seen it, see it. It's worth seeing. This woman would go into her prayer room and she would call upon God to lead her. She reminded me of my father when my father used to pray, which I'll talk about later in the message. But she had such a powerful prayer. I believe that when you touched that, you probably were able to sense the power of God in her prayer. And I, by the way, in my message that I did this at the church, I showed the prayer on our big screen. I showed the clip of the movie. It's three minutes and showed them. And we had a great service and a great response because we need the power of God. We need the power of prayer in our lives. You know, and of course, over the course of time, I spent a lot of time in my examples talking about sports because I was a coach for many years. In in my ministry, all along in my ministry, I was able to coach sports. Now, I haven't in a number of years now, 
But that was a main part of my ministry. I coached sports for years and years. And I was very fortunate in Vancouver, Washington, to have five championship teams that just were outstanding teams. But I can tell you this, that there's only one team that sticks out to me uh, more than and all the rest. And that team was a team that that had struggled the year before. They had only won one or two games the year before. And the team that I had prior to that had won every game, and they won it by large margins. And these was a girls' basketball team, and they had told me in our practice. We started practice, and they said, Coach, we just want you to know we're not as good as that last team. We, we don't win many games. We're just Their self-image was horrible. They had such an incredible poor self-image. They tried to compare themselves to the championship team that was before them. And I knew that wasn't a good thing, and I knew I was going to have – my uh, job cut out for me. But one of the things I really tried to do was to instill in them confidence and to start teaching them to be confident, to believe in what they're about, believe that they could win, win games, work harder than the other person. And you know what? It literally turned it around. These girls were telling me they were lousy. Well, I knew there was going to be a difficult task. But as we instilled confidence in them, you know, I told them not to look back at the past, what everybody else is saying. They can say, you know, you're horrible, your team's lousy, you're always going to be lousy. But learn and grow and know that you can do well. Well, the very first game of the season, we won, I think, by somewhere close to three points. We barely won the game. But they won the game. They were so excited. They won a game. You'd think they'd won the Super Bowl. And then the second game, we end up winning by like four or five points. Third game, I think we might have won by two. But every game was close. But guess what? Those girls went on to win every single game until we played for the championship. We were 9-0 in league, and the other team was 9-0 in league. And it was a guy that I'd coached against for years. He had never beat me in any sport. I'd coached football, boys basketball, and girls basketball. In fact, he'd asked me, how to run a full-court press for his girls' basketball team because the year before, my girls, it was so effective. And so I told him the things that I do and how I did that. Well, he, he told me before the game we met, and he said, I'm sure you're going to press me to death. I said, no, I'm not. I said, I got a whole different looking team. I, I don't even do a full-court press. This is the first year I've never done a full-court press. But I had a large team. My girls were very large in size, and I said, I had to change the whole offense. You know, and um, and he said, "Well, we press." I used to, you told me taught me that press. I can't remember the exact words, but he said we press, and they were a lot shorter than us. But I'm telling you what, that game it came down to the wire, and guess what? We tied, and it went into overtime, and they beat us in overtime. But I can tell you, I I lost to a guy that if I was going to lose, he was the one I want to lose to because I love that coach. He was great. He was so excited, and our girls were excited too. They had no idea they'd be nine and one league uh, after having such a horrible year before. It changed their perspective. They became winners. We had a couple of those go on to be tremendous girls later on. They were awesome. But in our Christian drive, we need to be an army of believers. We need each other. The church needs each other. We need to bind our hearts and our minds together to help further the work of God. I love hearing great stories from uh, people within our church, within I think of our church, I'm talking to all of you in the in the, the radio listening audience, but we have a small group ministry, and to hear the stories coming from the small groups, 
It's encouraging. God is working in their lives. You know, God wants to raise up a generation of believers. And that's certainly what we need. We do not need to be a generation who leaves God out of the picture. Imagine what God would do if we seek him first. Remember Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. These are Jesus' words as he is telling us to recognize him first. And you know what? He promises to take care of us. And we will enjoy life to the fullest. We'll see the power of God change our lives. We will use we will be used by him in a powerful way. See, God was speaking to Joshua one time as he is now taking over from Moses. After Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt, and God used Moses for years and even had to wander in the desert, and finally we get to the promised land, well, God says, Moses, your time's up. You're not going to make it there. I'm, I'm raising up a leader, Joshua. So Moses, of course, died on the mount, mountain, and Joshua had to lead the people. But listen to what God says to Joshua in Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God gave Joshua some great advice. He said, be strong and courageous. He knew Joshua would face many battles and that the enemy would love to take him down, but to stand firm with courage and not to be afraid. He also told him something I think is good for all of us when we're imagining what God wants to do in our lives. And he says this, do not be discouraged. Believe me, people, because there, there are people out there that try to attempt to discourage you, try to tempt you uh, with things they say and that something doesn't fit perfectly in their ideals and something is wrong and they have all these struggles. I can tell you this, when you have hundreds of people that come together, you know, there's going to be differences. In our church, there are certainly differences. There's differences in the way people think sometimes. You know, and as a pastor, we want everybody to be happy. That's our, we want everybody to be happy. I want everybody to enjoy things. But guess what? That doesn't always happen because we have opinions, and most of us believe that our opinions are right. I was reading a story about a young man that was so discouraged that his girlfriend dumped him for someone else. He lost his job, and everything in his life seemed to be going south. And folks, I think we all have those moments. Have you ever got out of bed and wondered, why did I get out of bed today? In life, we have ups and downs. But one, this, one day, this guy finally got up and said, you know, he's like Joshua. He said, I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be courageous. Maybe he read that passage. You can make it through anything in life, no matter how bad it seems. See, God promised Joshua, I will walk with you. Well, this guy started to change his perspective, and he started being optimistic about his future. He stopped worrying about his former relationship. He started looking for a new job and recognizing God would open the door for his job and his future. People, we choose to enjoy life, or we choose to dwell on the past and lousy situations. You know, we choose to have a positive perspective. Folks, life is a choice. You want to choose to live in happiness and enjoy? Live in the Lord. And when things start going south, turn it around. You want to be recognized? Then run to recognize that God is there encouraging you. 
People of God, he is there encouraging you. He is there for you today. Don't let the world get you down. Stand up and say, I'm going to stand up with the courage of Almighty God. And folks, he will direct your path. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God. 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.